0: Hello, college football fans, and welcome to episode 15 of College Football Throwdown. I'm your co-host, Alex Schmitz, and today I'm joined by my dad, Peter Schmitz.
1: Hey there, fans.
0: <laughs> Hello to the world of college football. Uh, so as we previewed on our last uh, kind of um, general college football uh, recap, which we did for the recapping week three of the season, previewing week four, we talked a lot about how week four was a very important weekend for the Pac-12. There were a lot of big matchups within that conference. And as things played out, it uh, was quite, there were quite a few unexpected turns of events, and things have definitely been shaken up in that conference in terms of who's on top and looking to be going to that championship game.
1: Yes, that, that's true. And, uh, yeah, some, some unexpected results – uh, obviously, a lot of games that were played uh, last weekend within the Pac-12 are going to be really significant in uh, shaping you know, who is the leader uh, as this uh, season really starts to unfold. So it'll be fascinating to watch, for sure.
0: Yeah, the one that was most surprising to me, personally, was uh, Utah winning 62-20 to over Oregon. Not just the fact that they beat Oregon at home, but at Oregon's home, I should say. Uh, but that they beat them by forty-two points—that's uh, a strong statement to a team that a lot of people were considering to be a you know top-four contender going into the season.
1: Right, and you know there were big question marks around Oregon and whether or not this new quarterback, new quarterback who was a transfer, was going to do you know just kind of being dropped in to this situation after Mariota's departure from last season, and uh, uh, you know the early returns were. Somewhat mixed, but people were still optimistic that yeah we can see his talent. Clearly, the guy has uh, you know some of the tools that you're looking for within Oregon system. But then in this game, the wheels kind of came off a little bit, and then you know every bad thing that could happen started happening, including you know big plays for Utah. Utah was scoring in a variety of different ways, and it was almost like you know the the, the shooting guard who who can't miss. Everything they did, everything they dialed up, seemed to to work for utah and they had just a magical night and so that score is very indicative of a of a game at outson stadium in oregon but usually it was for the other team not 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 the visitor
0: yeah and then um we had we had talked a bit about the um the california versus uh, arizona schools we had ucla versus arizona and then um usc versus arizona state and on the last podcast we both said that we thought the California schools were going to win that game. Uh, we actually gave scores for the UCLA game. I said that UCLA was going to win twenty eight twenty four, and you said that they were going to win thirty five twenty eight. As it turned out, they had a pretty dominating victory of fifty six to thirty, definitely showing themselves off as now UCLA is basically the f- front runner in the Big Twelve, in the Pac twelve, I should say.
1: Yeah, I would say that certainly UCLA has shown themselves to be maybe one of the more complete teams, but they also sustained—they uh, have sustained some significant injuries—and I, I just wonder if at some point those uh, injuries are going to come back and and uh, and be a factor uh, that hurts them uh, along the way as the season progresses.
0: Mm-hmm. For sure. And then the USC also did, you know, pretty well against Arizona State, bouncing off of their loss to UCLA. So they're, they're keeping themselves in the ring. I think they were, they're in the, that top 20 category in terms of the AP rankings.
1: Right. I, I really think that all of a sudden Utah with that, you know, with now what appears to be a, a pretty strong victory against Michigan and then uh, a dominating victory against Oregon, you, you begin to question just how good is Oregon. But, but if Oregon is, is, is even close to who we thought they were, uh, going into the season, then all of a sudden you have to be impressed with, with what Utah's doing right now. Mm
0: -hmm. And, uh, the other big upset, um, this weekend was that, um, Duke managed to beat Georgia tech, uh, 34 20, which is interesting given that Northwestern just beat Duke last week, which makes Northwestern come off looking better as a result.
1: Yes, it does certainly give some credibility to Northwestern, but but I'm gonna I'm gonna diminish that a little bit, Alex, and and suggest to you that that uh, Georgia Tech um, was kind of exposed by Notre Dame, and um, and I think that uh, the the formula, uh, if you will, of how to slow them down, how to slow them down, and how to attack them, uh, their defense. Has, has been now laid out there for coaches to see. And I think that that is, is kind of what Duke took advantage of. And so um, I believe Duke is a, is a solid football team, but I, I also think that Georgia Tech is probably a less effective uh, team than maybe people were thinking after the first couple of weeks of the season. Uh, I think people thought uh, and expected more from Georgia Tech. We'll find out here in the next few weeks as conference play begins and you're going to see some of those matchups you know, expose themselves.
0: Mm-hmm. And then um, there were some kind of crazy games this weekend too, in terms of like close back and forths, like down to the wire kind of games. Um, Oklahoma State Texas is one. I know uh, Texas. Fa- I mean, what is Texas's record? One in three now? Or are they two um, and two?
1: Yes. No, I think they're. I think they're one in three. Mm-hmm. They they lost. They got pounded pretty good by Notre Dame and then they, they lost to Texas Tech, and who did they play the previous week? Boy, I'm trying to think who it was. I don't know. I can't remember, but I, I think it is one and three.
0: Mm-hmm. So not not looking good in, well, that part of the state of Texas, but in a different part, you had the TCU-Texas Tech matchup, which ended on a crazy like last-second touchdown, and uh, mm-hmm. TCU won that 55-52. No, no defense being played that day.
1: Well, I agree with you, Alex. I I, I think that those crazy scores we're seeing, uh, I I wonder how that might affect the Big 12 conference as we move forward because now that the non-conference games are, are for the most part, behind us, uh, you know, if if they don't start showing up, especially their major teams like TCU and Baylor and maybe Oklahoma, if they don't start to demonstrate that they have a defense that's worth assault, uh, that could come back to haunt them a little bit. Uh, when that committee starts to meet and decide on the top four,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, that's true. If, I mean, if you're looking at five teams, you know, from the five power conferences, let's say, who are all you know have e- equal uh, equal reason for why they you know should e- equal claim, I should say, for that spot, you know, if the answers have coming down to you know that that defensive question that might hurt the Big Twelve because that is kind of a a reputation the Big Twelve. 12- Kind of has that they have explosive offenses, but their defenses aren't as physical as, say, the Big Ten or the SEC.
1: Exactly, and and particularly since TCU is, has been kind of the flag bearer for you know being a complete football team within the Big Twelve, for them to you know get into a bunch of shootouts would not be good for them. By, I, I mean Baylor already has that reputation, and if TCU starts to earn it. That would be a bad thing.
0: Mm-hmm. And then another game in the Big 12 was, uh, or darn it, not the Big 12, the SEC, was Texas A&M and Arkansas. I keep forgetting that A&M's not there anymore.
1: Right. Yeah, and, and that, was, that was a significant game, uh, number one, because it pretty much eliminates Arkansas from much conversation about anything at this point, unless they make some dramatic turnaround. And I think it also maybe brings down to... To uh, uh, reality, uh, uh, the expectations that we're starting to build for Texas A&M. Now, Texas A&M was able to find a way to win and you know survive in advance kind of thing, but they definitely were exposed uh, for having some weaknesses. Uh, you know that that other teams might very well be able to exploit.
0: Mm-hmm. I was listening to some uh, college football radio um, on Monday driving to work and there was some um, seems like there's some uh definite anger in Tennessee with the how the coach handled like the there was some criticism like how he was handling the play clock there near the end of that Tennessee Florida game where they looked like they, you know, had it and then they lost it at the last second. Yes, definitely uh Butch Jones I believe
1: his name is and Yeah, he is under a little bit of fire there because now here you're looking at two games in a row where he played Oklahoma and had it in the bag, had a 17 or whatever it was, 17 to nothing or 24 to nothing type of lead against Oklahoma and ended up losing the game and then turn around a couple of weeks and uh, do the same thing down in Florida where you have a game uh, effectively, you know, your fans think won and then you find a way to you know, make some bad decisions that, that give Florida some second chances, and voila, they take advantage and win the thing.
0: Yeah, well, the worst part about it, I think there was a 4th and 14 there near the end where the defense, you know, should have been able to shut them out and uh, let right. that drive keep going.
1: Yep, yep. And, but people need to focus uh, there at Tennessee on how far they've come and the fact that they're recruiting really well, and they just need to give that coach more time before they start to crucify him and, and start to make him uh, uh, appear so bad that, that you know, uh, the bottom line is recruits don't like to align themselves with the coaching staff that they no longer believe is going to be there for them and, and or they don't uh, want to align themselves with a program that doesn't look like it's advancing in a positive direction. And that's why success is so vital, you know, to compare it with some Nebraska discussions we've had. That's why that – that, that success factor is so important. It's not just about the here and now, but what the implication is to the future.
0: Mm-hmm. For sure. And uh, and then another interesting game within the SEC was uh, Missouri losing to Kentucky 13-21. to That's kind of an upset.
1: It it was definitely an upset. But again, I think I might have predicted that one. Um, uh, M- Missouri was overrated. And I think that will continue to play itself out over the course of this season.
0: Mm-hmm. And, uh, and
1: kentucky and kentucky is underrated
0: aha uh-huh. well there, there's peter schmidt's uh
1: <laughs> prediction yeah, kentucky right there. plays i think kentucky plays uh, uh florida maybe this week uh and i'm gonna tell you that that's gonna be closer than people think
0: all right uh, you heard it here folks and then there you go the last uh big game i have down here on my list is uh michigan BYU, a game that we were a little bit interested in given that, you know, BYU beat Nebraska in week one. And I was kind of hoping BYU might find a way to pull out another upset like they have come close to doing in the past here. Uh, but couldn't pull it out here. 31 uh, nothing victory for Michigan, a big cap in Har- Harbaugh's uh, cap there.
1: That's right. and And the thing with that, Alex, is, and I, and I may have mentioned this to you off the air is that there was a really good win and it's clear that uh, there is a uh, an emphasis uh, a change in direction that's gone on there at michigan and it's really clear what what coach harbaugh wants to do and you know uh but uh, but i i have been kind of holding up the uh, cautionary tone for uh michigan fans you need to be happy if, I, if I'm talking to a Michigan fan, I, I, I try to tell them, you need to be happy about the progress that you're making, but you can't uh, immediately overreact to this one game because you really don't know how good the, the the BYU team that showed up and played Michigan this past week really is. Uh, when you look at the schedule that BYU had to play and all the miles they had to fly all over the country, you know, flying to Nebraska, out to the West Coast to to UCLA, and then back all the way across the country, and time zones uh, over to uh, uh, Michigan and, and just you know taking the physical beating they've taken, the players they've lost to injury uh, as a result of the, that, that schedule, BYU isn't quite the team that maybe they were earlier in the season. And so I just want people to say, yes, it's a solid win, it's a good win. Uh, clearly, defensively, uh, Michigan's playing at a high level, uh, but let's, let's just uh, cool the wheels a little bit and let let things play out. You're going to have your, your opportunities as this Big 10 season unfolds. So just let it happen and don't don't get the cart ahead of the horse.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I agree that, you know, this the upcoming Big 10 season, you know, is where they're going to have to really face their trial, you know, and see how uh, how much change Harbaugh has done there. Um, were there any other games that you wanted to talk about that that covers all of the ones I had on my list?
1: No, not any from last week. I, I want to talk about this phenomenal uh, Saturday of college football that's coming up uh, this Saturday. Um, and, you know, I mentioned just a little bit ago when we were talking about Kentucky and Missouri. Uh, actually, uh, Kentucky doesn't have a big game this weekend, but, but Florida does. Uh, Florida plays uh, Old, Old Miss, and it's Old Miss at Florida. So that's the that's one of the big games of the weekend right there. Yeah, Old Miss at Florida, but the big conference games now they they have arrived. It's conference season.
0: That's right, and by far the biggest game I would say of this upcoming week is the Georgia Alabama game. There's a lot of talk about um, how this could be a proving point for both teams, either whichever way it goes, because it's the first time like Alabama hasn't been the favorite in like. 17 games or something like that you know and they're both very physical teams on offense and defense right
1: and 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 georgia has a history uh, especially when all of a sudden they start to look like they're they're really good of laying an egg especially against nick saban so it's one of those games where uh, georgia may have more athletes and may be playing at a higher level but there is a psychological uh edge that nick saban has when he plays football against against uh, uh, Georgia and and, specific, uh, and and their coach. And so, um, you know, that has to be overcome. That, that ghost has to be slain by Georgia as well as just winning the football game.
0: Mm-hmm. Another big game is uh, Notre Dame-Clemson, some ACC um, games going on there. This would be a big win for Notre Dame in terms of them uh, putting themselves forward as a, top-four-tier team.
1: Yes, I would agree. And, uh, um, you know, there, there's quite a few teams that uh, are game matchups, again, with that conference season starting. There's quite a few in the Big Ten. There's a few in that ACC. And um, and then also, um, and even though that's not really all an ACC game, uh, it, it, it has those implications for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, talking about the Big Ten, um, Minnesota-Northwestern. Uh, I think that's going to be a very interesting game. Uh, I didn't have it written down here. Do you know, is that at Northwestern or at Minnesota?
1: You know, I don't know. I can tell you here in a second. It is at Northwestern.
0: All right, interesting. So
1: Northwestern's home. Yep.
0: And, that would be... and
1: Iowa at Wisconsin would be another one. Mm-hmm. And they're both 11 o'clock games, so they're the early games uh, uh. of the day.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, that'd be. I guess that's that's a tough task for Minnesota to go to Northwestern and beat them when Northwestern's on this kind of streak at the moment. But um, Minnesota certainly is a good football team, and I'm interested to see how they perform against that strong defense of Northwestern. Of
1: course, frankly, Minnesota should have lost to your uh, your Ohio Bobcats last oh, week. Yeah. They got lucky to win that game.
0: Yeah, I did. I didn't watch that game, but I saw the score, and you know I'm. It seems like the Bobcats are are doing pretty good this season to be able to play a good Minnesota team, you know, to a close match like that.
1: Absolutely. The fighting Frankies.
0: <laughs> That's right. Good old Frank Solich. Um, what, what do you think about the Wisconsin Iowa game? I mean, I would certainly say, I think Wisconsin is going to win that game, but I think Iowa could make it interesting.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that Wisconsin wins that game and, um, I just don't know what to think of Iowa. I mean, they, they've they not really played anybody that would be considered, uh, you know, a, a, a highly talented team, although Pittsburgh clearly has athletes, Iowa State clearly has athletes. And so, you know, those are victories you have to respect, but uh, they haven't seen a defense like they're going to see at Wisconsin. And so I have a feeling that in that particular matchup, Wisconsin's going to look, uh, going to rise to the occasion and look pretty good. Mm-hmm
0: we were talking earlier about um, Texas A&M and how you know they had some kind of holes poked in them in that Arkansas game now they're playing against uh, Mississippi State and so that's going to be definitely a, tr- a trial for them to see if they can overcome that
1: well and and that and that's a, that's another one of those make or break at least on one side of the ledger if if Mississippi State doesn't win that game i think they they uh, their season is already you know on the rocks so that's a must-win almost for them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, Texas Tech Baylor is another uh, is a Big Twelve game yeah. that's definitely significant.
1: Yes, absolutely. And uh, uh, Kansas State, Oklahoma State is going to be a key one. Uh, of course, we already mentioned the Old Miss Florida game, which I think is one of the biggest games. And then Arizona State at UCLA. Uh, mm-hmm. So I mean, you just look across yeah. the board, and it's just major game Arizona Stanford. It's yeah. just. Amazing the number of uh, really attractive matchups that are going on in conference play this week.
0: Yep, West Virginia-Oklahoma is another good game.
1: Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. So, uh, batting down the hatches, get ready to go, uh Uh, college football fans, because it's going to be a great weekend of college football. Great weekend.
0: Yeah, but certainly shaping up that way, and, you know, it's always interesting getting into the conference play, you know, things start to kind of settle down in terms of, or in terms of who's really the dominant team and who's not, you know, we'll kind of see as they go head to head, you know, who's really uh, at the top of the pecking order, as it were.
1: Right. You know, and I I think some of these matchups you see in the Pac-12 are definitely going to go a long way in in setting up the plan for, um, uh, you know, the divisional races. And then uh, um, and then um, also for the Big Ten, the same thing in in the case of the Big Ten, you're seeing a lot of those uh, potential West Division uh, teams playing each other in uh, Iowa versus um
0: uh, Wisconsin
1: Wisconsin and then Northwestern versus Minnesota I mean you have got basically your, your top top 4 possibilities right there and then Nebraska in that mix maybe a little bit too but we're playing Illinois so that's a game we are expected to win but but in you know after this week you'll already begin to start to see people
0: separate Mhm no for sure and this is a question thought that just popped into my head but we were talking earlier about um oregon and if they're that good or not you know and we'll have to kind of see how their season plays out a bit but let's say that um it's sort of perceived that oregon isn't that good after you since utah beat them and all that um how does that affect michigan state because that was their big like non-conference victory in terms of their chances for the possibly going to that national championship game
1: oh It definitely hurts. It definitely hurts Michigan State's ability to get into the college football playoff in any way short of winning the Big Ten conference and going based on that. They're going to have to beat Ohio State, maybe beat them, uh, you know, um, uh, well, beat Ohio State and then and then win the the Big Ten championship because um, I don't think I think the chances of the, of the Big Ten. Being able to get two now, you know what? You know, you know the two teams that have the best chance of making that happen. It's now Michigan and whoever uh, between Ohio State and and Michigan State, you know, emerge because Michigan now has the quality non-conference win against Utah. I mean, excuse me, it's not a win, but it's a, a good performance against a Utah team that now may be viewed as a much better team. We're just speculation. It's all too early, but yeah. but you get my point. Uh, that Oregon loss definitely hurts.
0: Yep, for sure, for sure. All right, well, there's a lot to look forward to as college football fans. Like you say, this is one hell of a weekend we have to look forward to. I might actually be going to the UCLA-Arizona State game. I'm still kind of waiting to see on that, but I think that would be fun, especially if uh, UCLA is as good as they seem to be in
1: terms of the Pac-12. Absolutely, and this is a this would be a huge game uh, in terms of getting them a step closer uh you know to that for sure because this is a team they have to they have to beat uh, of course you can say that about everybody but but I'm just saying that if you can prove that you can win that game then then uh, then some of the other games look to be wins too
0: mhm yeah and we I probably should mention this on the last podcast on the Nebraska specific podcast but you're going to the Nebraska Illinois <laughs> game
1: in Illinois Yes, and uh, uh, it's been a long time uh, since I've been down to Champaign-Urbana. It's a beautiful campus. Looking forward to a, a, a great day uh, of just enjoying uh, the, the beauty of uh, uh, college football and, and, and the game day environment. And I have a feeling that Illinois fans are going to uh, come out of the woodwork a little bit. Their team's 3-1. and one. They have a chance. They can sniff that maybe Nebraska's vulnerable. You know, there's blood in the water. And uh, so I think a lot of people are going to want to say, yeah, I was there when – Illinois first beat Nebraska uh, and it's the, it's the first time we've been to that stadium since the 1980s. Uh, so, uh, and the last time that Nebraska uh, was there, um, you know, it was uh, a very different s- situation, very different circumstance that college football found itself in. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah,
0: for sure. So we uh, will be interested to see how all those games play out. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And we will be here next week to talk about those results. So, so if you out there enjoyed this podcast you can email us at huskypeat13 at gmail.com you can uh, find us on potomatic.com we're Uh we're also on iTunes as college football throwdown you can give us ratings and reviews comments on the page we always like to hear from our fans and uh, thank you all out there for listening and I hope you all enjoy this great weekend of the sport we all love
1: absolutely uh, Godsport. We'll <laughs> talk to you later and go big red.
0: All right, go big red.